0: Welcome to another episode of Never Again is Now. I'm Phyllis Zimbler miller and my co-host, Evelyn Marcus, is not with us today, but we do have with us a very special guest. But let me begin by saying that as Israeli government Ilan Levy said in a presentation in Israel recently, it is the responsibility of Jews in the diaspora to fight the war on the media front. And today, our special guest, Marcus Freed, is going to talk about how creatives can do that. He is an actor, writer, filmmaker, author, Jewish educator, and business marketing consultant who founded the Jewish Filmmakers Network. Welcome, Marcus.
1: Thank you very much, Phyllis. Great to
0: be here. So let's start with the obvious question. Why did you start with the Jewish Filmmakers
1: Network, and when did you start it? It's a great question. Last year in early 2023 at Sundance Film Festival, I wanted to find a way to bring together Jewish filmmakers. So, my dear friends, Rabbi Yona and Rebbes from Rachel Bookstein, run an event every year at Sundance called Shabbat Lounge, which is part of their broader activities with Pico Shul and Shabbat Tent. And it's a, a space for Jews to come throughout Shabbat. So, got some separate funding and I brought together, we had a sold out room of 75 filmmakers came along. And there is a Talmudic phrase that the cure comes before the illness. So God provides a cure before the illness. And so when October the 7th happened, I immediately saw the opportunity to gather together Jewish filmmakers initially in Los Angeles, bring people together, look at how we could create material to counter anti-Semitism using artistic skills. And then that quickly led to a bigger writer's group, Hollywood writers, film writers, screenwriters, coming together in LA through Jewish Impact Films, an organization we're connected with. More LA meetings, then have a meeting in London. Then we did one remote for New York. Then we did another one at Sundance, which I'll tell you about afterwards this year, which is completely different. And then we just had another one in LA and we've got more coming up New York, London, like all all kinds of stuff is happening. So it's powerful time and now is the moment.
0: So tell us about Sundance
1: this year. So this Sundance was very different because, firstly, we're now in a period of explicit anti-Semitism, albeit the intellectual kind, which says, I'm just against Israel, I'm not against Jews. And the lies that are being perpetuated primarily by the left, but, but nonetheless, they are being perpetuated. And... And as a result, now Jews within the industry are feeling more isolated, alone than ever, and discovered that a lot, of their friends, a lot of our friends hate us, or the people who we thought were friends. Yes. Even if they say, no, it's okay, I'm just anti-Israel, but some of my best friends are Jewish. Like, okay. So we harnessed this year with a change in direction, and this has happened over the last few months. So we've been using the phrase filmmakers against anti-Semitism." I don't like going this negative marketing when people do it, but it speaks to people when you say, well, this is what we're against. And particularly in the light of what's happened in America in the last four years, I was living living in Los Angeles during the BLM riots, um, the Antifa protests. And, and so we've seen the Me Too movement, Black Lives Matter, Uh, trans rights and so on or stop asian hate so it made sense to continue this languaging rather than saying calling it jewish filmmakers network which is the organization i'm running but specifically filmmakers against anti-semitism because you can't really disagree with it i mean you can disagree with it but if you say no i'm a filmmaker and i'm not against anti-semitism it's like all right well we'll we'll sponsor your trip to but Germany, <clears throat> actually Germany is probably a bad, bad example because they're one of the few countries who are currently supporting Israel. However, exactly. you get the point. So, this year at Sundance, uh, it was interesting. There was, oh, firstly, can you there tell was us, a,
0: for people who don't know when Sundance is, you know, give us a one sentence, it was in January and
1: where sure. is Sundance? So Sundance was one of the original film festivals for independent films. What really defines an independent film as opposed to a normal mainstream film is it's been self-funded people have gathered together it's not been produced by one of the major movie studios mgm warner fox etc uh sony so it was for independent film makers set up by robert redford after butch cassidy and the sundarts kid and it was a sort of small put together festival now it's <laughs> very corporate very expensive very professional major deals are happening very hard to get into and it's great it's, it's a really amazing spot it takes place in park city in utah around a 40 minute drive half hour drive from salt lake city and you have a ton of screenings there's another more independent festival there at the same time called slam dance and and so you get people who've really made an effort to be there as I say it's expensive to get to it takes work so there's a certain caliber of filmmaker who who are in a in a position to make things happen and we went to Sundance and and held this event and there were firstly there was a Palestinian protest at the same time in mm. the town there was a Jewish panel in the morning prior to the event, which I scheduled our event around, which was run by a Jew in the city, Alison Josephs, who runs the Hollywood Bureau for Positive Representation of Orthodox Jews in film. Noah Tishby was one of the speakers there. Uh, she was actually then on the streets of the rally, filming in, t- in front of the rally um, counter, counter protesting and having interesting conversations there. And at our event, I pitched it, well, it's evolving, the the thought press is evolving now. So I I basically now, I've now opened them up to Jewish filmmakers and and non-Jewish allies, excuse me. So what we're really trying to do now is broaden it because there is certainly a sense of we need friends. We need all the friends we can get. We need our community strengthened. And it's interesting bringing in non-Jewish allies to, to remind us, well, actually, we're not We're not all on our own. Not everyone hates the Jews. <laughs> so that's a nice positive, uh, positive outlook, isn't it? So there's more, and then there's, there's more to it with what, what I'm trying to achieve or what we're trying to achieve is we're now really gathering steam, which is I think a four part mission, four part manifesto and next week it may be five, who knows, it, it started off as one. And the first one was very much, how can we create content online that's gonna move the needle? By moving the needle, let's say you've got three groups of people, pro-Palestinians, pro-Jewish, pro-Israel, and the people who haven't decided. We're not going to bother having conversations with the pro-Palestinians. The majority are so utterly brainwashed, or just completely dishonest in that, let's say, falling for a ceasefire, knowing full well Hamas has made it very clear, if Israel puts down its weapons, there'll be no more Israel, which I think was a golden mayor quote, um, originally. So we're not bothering with with the the pro-Palestinian trolls to get it. With the Jews who are on side, we are part of the community, but we don't need to persuade the people who are on side. Um, but what we're going for is the undecided voters, the people who haven't yet decided if they are pro-Israel or not. They know something's wrong. They know they're not quite being told the truth. But it's confusing when you've got this weight of evidence. And if we can put material out to move the needle to bring them over to I'm not going to say our side, but the side of humanity, because this is very much about humanity. And that will be a that would be a great result. So that's really one goal. Second goal is helping one another make movies, make our content as independent filmmakers. We very much want to do that. So it's supporting we're stronger together. And then possibly the most important of all is bringing people together. There's a beautiful concept in Chabad Lubavitch of the year of Hakel every seven years drawing Jews together which was one of the late Lubav Sherebians key campaigns so you bring Jews together in a room having a community and I'm very involved with the community as a Jewish educator as a rabbi all, all kinds of stuff and and I'm very aware at the same time that a lot of people in the entertainment industry are not necessarily regular shoregoers. They not, may not have a regular community. And even if they do, having fellow people who are in the same industry, being in the same place, isn't happening as much. So if I can provide a space for that, where we can come together, without any spiritual agenda, any religious agenda, the the only agenda is unification, Akhtut, coming together. So that's a key thing. So those are kind of our three the, the three core things make movies which are going to move the needle, bring the undecided voters to the side of humanity. Two, help one another make those films. Three, bring all the people into one place. And then four, invite in our friends. So inviting in the non-Jewish allies, which is that's, that messaging is now about a week and a half old. And I'm I'm keeping this organic because the narrative is changing with Israel. And and the key thing, and then I'll take a breath, the key thing or a key example of the narrative changing, originally Israel and Jews were victims for three days from October the 7th, the 8th and 9th until about the 10th. Then when Israel went in, suddenly Jews are the oppressors and Israel's the oppressor. And then it, it just keeps getting worse, basically. So there we go.
0: Okay, so now I'm gonna ask you a question that it takes a while to make films, as you very well know. So, mm-hmm. what can Jewish filmmakers do right now about contenting, creating content that can be go up ASAP, as we might say?
1: I'm glad you've asked Phyllis, and I feel an extra affinity to your name, because my late grandmother's name was Phyllis, Nana Phyllis. So yeah. Was she it's named a, for a, a probably I don't know. I don't know. Her name was Fagel, but I'm not sure. But, yes, um, it's the same name. Same name. Okay, there you go. So, um, key question what can people do right now? I'm going to quote my friend Jeremy Kagan. So, Jeremy is a distinguished movie director and film professor. He's done 13 feature films, lots of TV channels, Emmy winner. He directed the film The Chosen, um, and which was for the beginning of his career. And he said the key thing is volume and speed. And and David Sachs, who's a producer, writer, Emmy winner, he's also part of, part of our team, uh, thank God. And the, the focus is volume and speed, so create stuff quickly. Fastest answer is shoot something on your iPhone, or if you own an Android, that works too. Shoot something fast, edit it on the phone, get it up, put it online. Also, you can cut and you can repost things. You can make memes. You can take images, put them out there. You can do a slight twist on something which is already out there or you find something you like and just keep reposting it. it it's um, There are organizations, I mean, we're fighting an AI war, so we're fighting pro-Palestinian bots who are generating stuff, um, generating forced imagery, but we counter it and there's, there's various... Things which are happening at the moment in order to begin countering that so that's the fastest thing and also i think having a writer's perspective write something that can be shot cheap and fast so you can write a feature film you can write a million dollar effect shot blowing up a building but well, hopefully not but although that said i'm now going to contribute myself people who are good at editing you can actually buy pretty quickly templates and free done effects so you can achieve a lot quickly but i would say write something which is simple and one thing i'm i'm doing in our meetings at the moment is sending people the challenge in groups saying come up with an idea you can shoot within three weeks on zero budget or an almost no budget or shoot within two weeks shoot edit produce on no budget and get creative Wait, so wait a
0: second. But what should they be creating? So give me an example. If you don't want to give a specific example, someone who's, uh, a tra- if it's being I'll worked up, it's on-
1: I'm sure no pleasure, pleasure. How can um, they,
0: give me an example of how a movie could really help. So
1: what, 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 yeah, so what we just shot recently. Okay, so we wanted to challenge this idea that Jews control the world, that Jews control the media the weather, the finance system. So we came up with the JCC, the Jewish conspiracy channels, weekly elders of Zion catch up where the Zionist overlords from around the world check in to say how they're controlling the planet. And the joke is that they're all completely incompetent and we're not. Now we shot it on a green screen, A friend directed it, uh, I acted in it. We had about a few people writing, David, saxco produced it and it's out there we turned it around now we're coming in from the perspective of a more experience industry-wise but that was what spoke to us and that was what we found funny so we got out there actually we should put maybe we can put the link in the show notes yes, um, yes. And, uh, I'll send it to yeah. the jcc the jewish and Freedom channel now you could do other stuff you could Say okay, I'm gonna go to a rally and interview people for the braver of heart and and point them right and put the facts right. Or you could write a song and film it and stick it on TikTok. Or you could, uh, I don't know. We we had a we did an animated film about Israel and showing all of the other states around Israel and comparing it to cake. That that was an interesting one. Like so. But, but one I would say so there's there's a couple of ways in. One is you come from the perspective of if you're a filmmaker or if you wanna be a filmmaker, if you've got an idea, make it. If you need input, I've got a, we've got a Jewish Filmmakers Network Facebook group, which people can join, we can collaborate with other people. We can put you in touch with people. If you want ideas, get in touch. We've got loads of ideas. If You want help generating ideas, we can help you generate ideas. Um, you can always use GPT, but I think it might be a bit anti-Semitic. I asked it for some pro-Israel thing and it just, for the first time ever, it was like, sorry, I can't do that. Um, but it, it's kind of, just do it, like, just do it. Take biblical ideas, go, you know, I don't know when this episode's coming up, Purim, the festival of Purim is next month, uh, Pesach, Passover is coming. Take an idea, take something you like, tell a story. Speak about why you love Israel. Film yourself. What's your first memory of Israel? Film yourself. What's your favorite thing about being Jewish? Uh, have some challah. Talk about challah. Have an Israeli flag. Say what it means to you. Talk about your first trip to Israel. Write a poem about it. Write a song. Do an interpretive dance. Uh, but and then to so keep on coming, you know, keep right. on going. But then I want to
0: clarify: you're not waiting for traditional movie distribution, for example, when you say do a movie. Put it up on YouTube or or some other your own website, et cetera, and share it and share it and
1: share it. Share it and share it and be obsessive. Be bold and be obsessive. So I've got a marketing consultancy, Free Thinking, and I help companies who are growing and somewhat established with their messaging through film. Promo, promo film, websites, and uh, marketing channels, digital marketing, advertising, and so on. Google Ads, Facebook Ads, and so on. And I like the omnipresent idea, which uh, Gary Vee talks about. So I've got, I don't know, like 11 social media channels or something. And it's just make noise. Like, make noise. Shoot something. Put it out there. Like, you've got YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, Snapchat, um, et cetera. Like, Vimeo, like, just kind of keep on keep on going. Like, just keep on going.
0: Well, what's been the response, though? Have you been getting attacked? And shall we talk about people being... uh
1: courage- If only I'd been attacked. Like, I need to get more reach so that I can get more trolls. I'm currently lacking enough trolls. No. Like... The the response has been well the response to the response to the meetings when I'm putting the flag up saying, right, let's the metaphorical flag. Jewish filmmakers, non Jewish um allies come on and get together. We're in LA, London, online, Sundance, New York, wherever we're doing it thank God there's a lot of response and I feel it's growing more people and this is why I want to make it as available as possible across the world, we'll start with across the States then Europe but also Israel Um, so so that's a great response, we're only now starting to get get our stuff out there and I'm not over measuring the responses very deliberately because I'm still a sensitive artist as actor, writer filmmaker like put a lot of work putting something out there you know it would be easier to get a lot more hits if i was a hot 20 year old girl putting up bikini photos like, like that's a fast way to get hits um i'm not so um it's also like you can't control virality i mean unless you just put massive amounts of spending and funding exactly. in, but even then it's pretty hard so it's more a case of to do the best we can, put it out there, hope for the best, use all the channels we can, hope for the best. As a Jew, pray a bit, have a, muna, a bit of trust, bit bit of chon, um, faith and trust, and uh, you know, we do our best, keep on trucking. And uh, as Winston Churchill said, success is, is going from disappointment to disappointment with no loss of enthusiasm. Oh, I like that quote. Tell us
0: a little bit about your background. We can all hear your accent. So tell us about yourself. I
1: don't have an accent. Of course you do. Got the accent. No, this is the way it's meant to be spoken. It's the the King's English. Um, I grew up in a town called Watford in Hertfordshire. It's actually where they've got Leavesden Studios, the Warner Brothers Studios, where they shot uh, Harry Potter and Star Wars and, and parts of it and, and James Bond and so on. And I grew up traditional, so part of North Shore, but not religiously observant but traditional so we'd go to synagogue and so on and then at university and my undergrad was drama and english theater studies and english literature in birmingham university in england became observant there keeping shabbat Um, after university i went to yeshiva in israel to a seminary which was great and that was like catching up what i felt was lost mr missed education Um, and then I did a master's in English literature, and eventually went to drama school conservatoire in London called um, Weber Douglas Academy of Dramatic Art, and then various other qualifications on the way to yoga teacher training certificates. Um, I saw that on LinkedIn. Yeah. Right. Okay. Is it still there? Yeah. Um, and uh, rabbinic certification, smicha as it's called, and. And then along the way, writing my own plays, so I wrote a series of one-man plays, biblical comedies. We shot a lot of corporate videos over the, the years, used to take actors into business, doing training with West End uh, London city firms. And I wrote three books on yoga and Torah called the Kosha Sutras, the Kabbalah Sutras and the Festive Sutras and co-founded the Jewish Yoga Network and so lots of stuff and then lived in lived in America for about, well, it's been a 15-year span, although I did move to England for three years during the pandemic, which was an experience. But now I'm back yep. in America. God bless America.
0: Because I think your LinkedIn still says that you, that you live in England, just to tell
1: you that. I will make a note. Yes. It it because it's, it's good to keep people guessing by by coastal, by country, I don't know what it is, something like that, transit, coastal, transit, know. Something like yeah, who knows. Okay, thank you.
0: Yeah, so it threw me off a little. So, obviously, as a filmmaker myself, and as someone who is a conservative observant Jew, having started my Road to observing Kashrut Shabbat when my husband and I were stationed in Munich, Germany, in September 1970 through May 72, only 25 years after the Holocaust, which is why I'm sitting here today interviewing you. I'm, oh, and also being a journalist from undergraduate education, I'm very concerned with messaging. I grew up in the town of Elgin, Illinois. I was the only Jewish kid most of the time in my class. In the last year and a half, I've been doing projects uh, remotely with Elgin, with non-Jewish high school kids. And I've seen the amazing, amazing results that can happen if you're creative. I mean, if you you come with a creative idea and you get enthusiasm and, and you get the students invested. So I, in fact, as a plug for last summer, Elgin uh, School District offered a summer internship. They paid the teacher. The kids didn't have to pay tuition, 19 kids. Uh, They got credit. If they did it, they each made a short documentary on anti-Semitism. And we're now editing it for a feature-length film. And now we're discussing this next summer doing the same thing. And the topic will be broader. It will be tolerance for the other. It starts with education. And those are the kinds of things that everyone, even someone who's not a filmmaker, can encourage other filmmakers to do. So give us, you know, we have a lot of uh, grassroots people listening. Give uh, our listeners an idea how they might encourage their kids, their friends to become Jewish filmmakers, to join your work and really add their contributions.
1: I think it's I mean question like how much can a parent actually encourage a child to do something if they don't want to do it? Like or as opposed to they do want to do it. So um, like it'd be more of a sort of psychological aspect. I think like the easiest thing is if they're interested, firstly see if they're interested. Secondly, one way of doing that is to ask the question oh, would you be interested in making a film or making a short video, maybe a film could sound too too, uh, uh, oppressive, but make a short video, short movie that is positive about Israel or positive about being Jewish. If it's a yes, great. Do you know what to do? Yes, fine, go and do it. Or if they don't know what to do, even if they do, like, time to get in touch. Like, join our Facebook group, come to the website, um, the website was going to be launched in a couple of weeks' time, but, but it's suddenly certainly start by coming to the Facebook group, drop me an email, um, and we can start helping you get connected. I'm also part of an organisation called We Make Movies, uh, which is a very largest independent filmmakers organisation, based initially in Los Angeles, but now around the states, and also with chapters in, in England and, and elsewhere. And the focus has been or one of the programs has been called the smartphone studio workshop where filmmakers went into underprivileged areas native american reserves in the states or compton and, and east l.a and so on and really looking at okay teaching kids how you can shoot a film and edit it using your iphone now parents organizing with the children another way is to pay them i'm not really a fan of i mean i'm a fan of capitalism huge fan of capitalism but uh, I like I like the idea of also social activism but you know I think it'd be interesting I mean one thing beginning to toy around with is is doing a student a Jewish student filmmakers contest uh where we can give away prizes to to the best films and, and running a running a competition and then having a small film festival based on that so so that's another idea that's in the mix but I would say with the parents um, the biggest question here my 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 wonderful advice on parenting as someone who has not had the opportunity to become a parent yet is find out where their enthusiasm is. An easy way to do this is give them exposure to a few things. Show them a video about filmmaking. Um give them a piece of paper like you know, are they a good artist, are they a good writer, what are they? Nurture that and then see if you can channel that energy. Within this pro Israel, pro Jewish messaging.
0: And I would also add education is important that to realize how much your uh, teenage children, now I'm going to talk t- distinctly about teens, don't know. I will give an example of, without uh, naming the school, I was talking to the president of a Jewish fraternity at a major American university about anti Semitism on the campus. And I mentioned Kristallnacht, and he didn't know what I meant. And then he said, oh, yeah, I I was in Israel this summer on a program. I kind of remember. So I've been sending him some books to share it at the fraternity. So I think one of the problems is that parents may not realize how little their own children, now I'm talking Jewish children, non-Jewish, totally different subject area, may not know and may not know how to answer anti-Semitism and anti-Israel hate. And even parents sharing their knowledge, just simple, such as in 1947, the UN uh, divided this land. I mean, yes, it may sound really simple to you and me, but I'm telling you, it is not simple. To teens to date. They do not realize that. One of the things I always try and get, so I'll use this this podcast too, is to reemphasize that in 2005, Israel left Gaza. My husband and I were on a mission. We were literally in on that Sunday when the Israeli troops came south to pull all the Israeli senators out of settlers out of Gaza. So Israel has not been occupying. I don't even want to use the word occupy. But has not been in Gaza since two thousand and five, yeah. and I think many Jewish parents have not told their teens that when people say to them at college campuses, "Stop occupying Gaza," that
1: Israel wasn't there. Actually, well, 7. I think it's also interesting. Yeah, I was in Jerusalem actually at that that time when it happened. The um, it. I think part of the issue as well is that it. Not everyone is down with the specifics of advocacy and how to answer these questions. And there are great resources out there. Stand With Us has got some fantastic resources on their website, downloadable booklets. Here's how to answer the questions. I'd use those as Stand With Us as one of the top resources on answering the challenges against Israel. So it starts with parents educating, everyone educating themselves. How do you answer these basic questions? And if you want those, top three, top five, what do you say when someone says Israel Is an oppressor when you say israel is an occupier when you say israel is perpetuating apartheid or perpetuating genocide like be able just to rip them apart very quickly because there are fast answers like yes israel completely withdrew in 2005 from gaza there have been at least seven offers on the table for a palestinian state and there's still one on the table and they've turned down every single one. They don't want to fire. The Palestinian population has risen by it's something like 435% in 70 years. That's not a genocide. That's a population boom. 20% of Israel or something are Israeli Arabs. There are Israeli Arabs in the Supreme Court, CEOs, etc. It's not perfect, but know how to just, without thinking, reel off some basic facts. Do an hour's work. Do five hours' work. It's there. Ten minutes' work. It's there. But calm- have a little cheat sheet. Have a little cheat sheet. Put it on your phone. Just have these five answers.
0: Yes, uh, Evelyn and I have done a lot with uh, podcasts about helping people know what to say, but mm-hmm. also calmly. The minute you you push back angrily, you just you're over. It's over. And again, I think you said something very very important at the beginning. It doesn't work with people who are so brainwashed, pro-Palestinian. It's just, that's not- Forget it,
1: just don't waste your breath, don't waste the pixels, okay. just walk away. And if it means cutting off friends, cut them off because friends like that, who needs them? Don't don't rush to cut people off, <laughs> give them a little chance, but then just say, okay, thanks, bye. You know, right. Focus, be with the community, be with the community. It's kind of like you say, if someone says
0: uh, a friend just told me something that someone had told her in 1985, an anti-Semitic comment at the time, she said nothing. So, uh, but my point is, if someone says something, before you cut them off, see if you can explain it to them and they understand it. But then if they just repeat, I don't want to say the party line, but, you know, a misunderstood, totally misunderstood concept. That it's kind of a clue that they're not open to learning what actually are the facts.
1: Right. Exactly. However, there are two scenarios at least where it's not so easy. One is let's say you're part someone who's part of an interfaith family, mm. or with extreme left-wing Jews in the family who are all pro-Palestinian and like coming out with all the nonsense, you gotta figure out a way to do it. And, and everyone's going to have to figure out for themselves. The easiest way of saying, we are not going to discuss politics. We will focus on what unites us. We will approach, uh, like acknowledge what divides us, and we just will not talk politics. So that that's one, um, two is minimize contact if you need to, three or the, the other situation is within the a workplace. So I ran a webinar, I've got another project going called Shalom Lev Peaceful Heart, where we go into businesses. I, I, I've got my business trainer hat on in this scenario, I'm taking a clinical psychologist, and it's for Jewish employees supporting Jewish employees and for the HR departments. So let's say you're a Jewish employee in a company. Your colleague is posting a load of pro-Palestinian stuff, Israel oppresses. social media. Your work has nothing to do with that, but you're aware of this person's view, or a bunch of you, guys you have to work you can't necessarily just quit your job and walk away let's say you're not in a position to do that then what do you do so how do you manage it by the way no one's really doing content is anyone doing content i haven't seen any content on this this is an idea another idea which i think could be helpful is is how to manage in that situation like what you can do in that situation so I think that's it's another
0: very important maybe maybe i, think, I should
1: yeah, yeah, do video. some videos on that okay yes
0: because it's very important I was at a uh, meeting of a federation program only a few days after October 7th. It switched from whatever the topic was to the other. Again, I won't identify the uh, major entertainment talent agency where it was, but I was interested that one of the agents in that particular agency where we were meeting, they they had just... So there are several Jews, of course, working in this agency. Mm-hmm. They just organized kind of a um, either WhatsApp or or, or Slack uh, group because they felt they needed the support. Right. And, you know, I think starting an affinity group, which is kind of what they're called at your organization, can be very important and
1: can be done very easily. It's just. Well, not always, though. At first, it's a great idea. But for example, the Directors Guild of America, the DGA, they've been for months now trying to fight to get a Jewish committee. And there's been massive resistance because the anti-Semites and the DGA were saying, no, Jews are a religion, not a race. And we don't do religions. That was the effect of the argument. And my friend Jeremy Kagan was at the forefront of this. They had 300 signatures. Finally, got a letter and it's just been received and it's just accepted. And I think it's coming to place now. Same with the Writers Guild, the WGA. And there can absolutely be resistance to having a Jewish committee be different if you're trans or African American or women or Asian, different thing. So, the world's changing. It's not going to go back in a hurry and people, But but. but. Uh, I think on your point, it can you can also if you can't get it accepted by the HR department or the DI department, um, then just do it yourself. Just do it on the quiet. Yeah, so do it on the quiet. and Be loud.
0: <laughs> right, but but that is what I'm saying. I have a um, again I don't and uh, a relative not, that is more isolated in his position, and I could tell that he was hurting. So I opened. So we have to be sensitive to our family relationship the other way so i started a conversation to kind of give him support so cuz young people are young really hurting when they're in work situations in which they don't have support so if there are enough people to start an informal support even you know just on slack one of the private slack channels so that you sure. don't feel you're all alone and you can learn you can share information so that you have answers yeah
1: exactly uh, so, yeah, it's interesting you mentioned slack um yeah one client who's heavy into slack um uh is a copywriting client um you know i'm gonna not say that because this is an unedited podcast yes i will i will i've just edited myself mid-sentence please okay
0: that's continue. okay that's okay that's fine well, we're coming to the end of uh, this really enlightened conversation I'd like to give you a chance to say what you think we've missed in this conversation that you'd like to share with our listeners.
1: I would say a few things. Um, thank you for this. One is if you're a filmmaker and you haven't done anything, do something, get in touch, come to the Facebook group, Jewish filmmakers network, or by my email, Marcus at freedthinking.com. Well, we can put that in the link too, and, and be in touch. Um, and we'll put you in touch with other filmmakers. So the Facebook group is great, a great place to start with the Jewish Filmmakers Network. If you're interested in doing an event near you or online by remote with other people interested, they don't have to be filmmakers. We're now broadening it even more for people who want to get involved. It could be someone who says, hey, I've always wanted to make a film, or... Uh, we had a dentist came to our event the other night. Like or an entertainment lawyer or someone who's or an accountant is is in the business. Like, well how let's get you into action. Um or we'll take Noah Tisp's advice, to be confident as a Jew. So learn. Like learn some Torah, get learning, get connected to your Judaism in a way that's meaningful. There are many, many great, great resources. Chabad.org is a great place to start.
0: No the book Israel is a really good place to start in terms of learning facts that you can then calmly say to people.
1: Right. Right. Absolutely. And make some, be bold, be bold, be brave and make something. If you want to make something, you're not feeling brave enough. Get in touch. We'll, we'll help boost it. Or we'll we'll get someone else to front it. You can write (laughs) it. You can be the marionette. There's enough actors who want attention. I mean, to do creative work. Exactly. So there, 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 we, got, we got people who are raring to go. So just get involved. Now is the time. We need you. The fire is alive. And also, we are at war. So there is a battlefront in Gaza. There's the battlefront in Lebanon. And there is the battlefront online. We're up against an army of pro-Palestinians, Jew haters, the anti-Semites, and the bots. And we are small but we will win, but we need your help. And this is the age for storytellers. On Pesach Passover, we have the central part of the Seder night Magid, which is telling the story. Judaism is storytelling. We need you to tell our story. And it's through your great stories that we can win the hearts and minds of people over to humanity. So get filming. That is a wonderful, wonderful uh,
0: last statement. I thank you, Marcus. I thank our listeners. For those of you who want to know more about me or Evelyn or our work, go to Never Again is Now podcast on YouTube, Spotify and Apple podcast. And as we end every podcast, we say, please speak up against anti-Semitism and all hate.